Welcome to the Eye on the Cure podcast, the podcast about winning the fight against retinal disease from the Foundation Fighting Blindness. Welcome to the Eye on the Cure podcast. I'm your host, Ben Shaberman with the Foundation Fighting Blindness. And joining me for this episode is Jason Taylor, who, as a musician, goes by the name Aether, which is spelled A-E-T-H-E-R. And he composes very cool ambient and electronica tracks. Jason has RP, and that gives him that critical credential for being on the Eye and the Cure podcast. And Jason has composed and contributed music for a variety of popular video games, including Viewfinder, Mythrect Ambrosia Island, Rocket League, and Kingdoms and Castles. And excitingly, he has a new EP out called Moonstone. And I actually learned about him from recent feature articles in Forbes and LA Weekly. So, Jason, welcome to Eye on the Cure. It's great to have you. Yeah, beautiful intro. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. My pleasure to have you. So, Jason, I grew up listening to electronica and ambient music a long time ago. Artists and groups like Tangerine Dream, Brian Eno, Harold Budd, very old school stuff. And I listened to radio shows like Music from the Hearts of Space and Echo. So I, I really enjoy the general ambient genre. And I was really excited to learn about you and hear some of your music. And before we get into the Q&A, I wanted to let our audience know that at the end of this episode, we're going to play one of Jason's tracks. It's a beautiful, ethereal, and chill track called Tender. So listeners, stick around for that. I'm looking forward to that song. So Jason, you're from Scotland. You're living outside of Montreal, but where are you right at the moment? Right now, I'm back visiting my parents here in Fife in Scotland. Yes. Okay, okay. very cool. And what are you what are you up to? What keeps you busy these days? Well, right now here in Scotland, I'm doing quite a lot of eating lots of yummy food. I think um, <laughs> I have to do some guest talks on Thursday at my local college, the place I went to for sound engineering. I'm going back there to do some talks about making a career in the music industry. It's great to speak to all the students there since I came from there around about eight years ago. So it's nice to be able to keep going back every year and just keeping them inspired and keeping the morale high, you know, Certainly. in these tough times. <laughs> Certainly. I'm sure you'll be an inspiration. And what college was that, can I ask? Yeah, it's just called Fife College. And okay. it's here, funnily enough, in Fife. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one I attended. It's the one I attended for three years from 2012 to 2015. Very cool. So while I was introducing you, I characterized your music as electronica and ambient but how would you categorize i think that's that's a fair categorization i think it definitely evolved a lot over the years it didn't evolve as much as it did expand and what i mean by that is i started off doing electronica music very mellow music and then i think around about four or five years and i started to explore a bit more of my comfort zone which led me into exploring the soundtrack industry and also, I composed a contemporary romantic EP, which was all just live piano, live strings, and some live woodwind, which is very different from electronic because, well, electronic is all on the computer. This was all live recordings. So it was, 
it was super fun but yeah i think overall most of my music could definitely be categorized as either cello electronic or ambient music so yeah that's, that's a good that's a good categorization okay and so when you began listening to music a lot of us listen to music you know we get closer to adolescence or in adolescence what did you listen to growing up what were some of your favorites and some of your inspirations <laughs> well surprisingly i used to listen to a lot of rap music i still do I love rap music. It's maybe what kind of inspired me to create beats in the first place. Like, I just love the groove and the flow. You can probably hear some similar elements in rap music. Well, with the exception of the rap, but like the, the, the instrumentals of a rap song, you can maybe hear some influences of that in a lot of my chill out stuff. But I listened to that. I listened to a lot of dance songs, like a lot of trance music as well. That was kind of a big thing over here. My dad's big into rock music, so I was exposed to a lot of that. So I think, yeah, just everything, which I think is is a really good position to be in, you know, getting exposure to all these different types of music. Right, right. Did you have particular artists or groups that were your favorites? The first album I ever bought was Gorillaz, their self-titled album called Gorillaz, which is a really good album. I had a bunch of Eminem, I think R&B music. I think there was an, an artist called Ciara. I had her album, I can't remember the name of it, but it had a blue cover art. That was one of the first ones I bought as well. Very good. So what actually inspired you to become a musician and start composing music? Good question. I think the biggest thing was probably going back to that college I was talking about. Prior to me visiting that college, my brother attended there six years before me because he's six years older. And I remember he came home and I was maybe 12 years old. He would have been 18. That makes sense. He showed me the little beat that he'd made, like this little hip hop drum beat with some little piano chords on the top. And I idolized my brother at this age, as, as young people do, right? And I was like, oh my God, my, my brother made this. This is crazy. And I think that was, that was the initial spark. And then from there, I was like, I wonder what kind of stuff can I make? And then, um, yeah, here we are now. <laughs> and did you start composing using a computer is that how you began yeah for sure i started using fl studio back when it was in version 8 i think it's now version 21 but it was back in version 8 yeah that was my that was my gateway in no keyboards no nothing it was just a laptop and then using the little keyboard i guess that was on the screen but there was no like hardware keyboard so like musically like i have no musical background yeah, I find that fascinating that <laughs> you, you came up really through the technology rather than straight ahead music. That that's definitely so. In talking to you before, you, you mentioned that you were diagnosed with RP. You were relatively young, and it sounds like you were diagnosed with RP and began getting interested in music about the same time. Can you talk about your? diagnostic journey with RP when you knew you had something that wasn't quite right with your vision and what it was like to figure out what it was? Yeah, I think it was around about the age of 9, 10, 11. I don't remember exactly which one, but around about that year is when I was diagnosed. It was evident to my parents prior. I used to always love drawing because my mother is, she's very artsy which was always a blessing. So like I would always watch her painting and stuff. And we had like maybe Bob Ross on the TV. So I always wanted to kind of get into that. But once <laughs> I got told that information, that kind of that pivoted in a different direction because in my head, which is strange for an 11 year old, but in my head, it didn't make sense to try something that I knew in the future I wouldn't be able to do because that's kind of how it was worded to me. Like you won't be able to see 
in the future that was the way it was explained so i decided to like i mean i've always loved music so this just seemed like a perfect opportunity to to dive into that but yeah that's kind of the diagnostic as it originated and then over the years it's obviously gradually gotten much worse and then you see the big impact when you go to college or maybe even in high school, 17, 18 years old, when all of your friends are starting to drive and then people go out to clubs and stuff and you're kind of left out of all that. But I just use that time to explore music production, basically. <laughs> well, you've done it well. Thank you've you. gotten a lot of success and I definitely enjoy your tracks. I've listened to a lot in preparation for this interview. And I originally learned about you Thanks really to your new EP, Moonstone. And I saw a nice article in Forbes magazine. And that's not really the media you would expect a Scottish <laughs> ambient electronica musician to get coverage from. Do you know how they found you? That's a good question. I think the record label that released Moonstone, their name is Monster Cat, and they're really, really big. In terms of electronic music, they're pretty up there in the top. I'm imagining it's their connections, but I did, I felt the same way. So I did ask Forbes interviewer when she interviewed me, what brought her to me? And she just seemed to find my story very, very interesting, both about the music itself and kind of how I navigated the world as a visually impaired composer, you know, like it's not uncommon, but it's not common. And do you think your, your vision loss influences how you compose music now? Yeah, for sure. I think definitely it does. One question I often get asked is like, do you feel like your lack of vision helps enhance your hearing? And I'm not so sure about that, but I think with regards to the way I compose, for sure, because I obviously see the world very differently. Okay, here's a good example. If we both went out into a city at nighttime and we just stared at this beautiful landscape and then we both went home and you were asked to paint it and I was asked to paint it. Even if we both had the, the same level of skill, we would paint very different things because we're seeing very different things. And I think that's very similar to how I hear the world now too. Sure. Well, I think you and I probably hear differently in addition to seeing differently because yeah, definitely. you use your hearing maybe a little different than I do as somebody without vision loss or... or yeah, I mean, I rely heavily on it. I'm very hyper aware of a lot of sounds that other people may not even notice is there, you know? Right, right. Well, your music, I think, reflects that. There's a lot of nuance and I would call it ornamentation in your music. So there are a lot of subtle variations that give it a lot of color and character. So I can see that, at least from what I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to spend a lot of time creating things that I've just interesting to me, you know, like all the way throughout the song, because I just want to keep it interesting for the listener. Right, right. Well, you do. You do. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so you came up with the performance name or the stage name of Aether. Again, A-E-T-H-E-R. How did you come about that name? When I started making music, I was in college and I was looking for a name. And at the time, the music I was making was very like ethereal, kind of otherworldly, chill out stuff. And I wanted a name that kind of reflected that from like a brand perspective. And the word either, I don't remember how I came across it, but when I did come across it and I searched it up, it basically means the air breathed by the gods or the air above the clouds in Greek mythology. That just seemed like synonymous with my music, you know, like that kind of otherworldly sound, otherworldly feeling. So that's kind of how that came about. Right. 
Right. That's a great name. And, and I think it's you. perfect for your sound. Excellent choice. Thank you. So what are, your, what are your next steps? You've composed a lot of music for video games. You have the EP out. You're getting some media coverage. What are your plans moving forward? I have a few more albums that I've basically just finished wrapping up. One of them being a very meditative experience just like kind of growing as a person and the other one being a very like exploring a lot of different synthesizers using like old analog synthesizers and running them through new modern digital gear and kind of seeing the sounds you can create with an ambient palette but after that i really want to work with an orchestra and a choir whether it's for soundtrack work or for my my own solo work like i just want to kind of get bigger i want to get more humans involved like to just to be able to sit down and just have an entire team of people playing something you wrote that must be such a such a surreal experience and that's kind of where i'm aiming for right now certainly i think that would be very cool so good luck moving all, forward with that yes all in due time sir all in due right, time right and so people can follow you as you move forward composing new stuff recording new stuff where can they follow you is there a good website or a platform Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess you could use etheraudio.co.uk. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-A-U-D-I-O.co.uk. And the handles on all platforms is at etheraudio. So that's for Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, SoundCloud, like anywhere that you could exist. And I do exist. It will be on that name. <laughs> Very good. Again, A-E-T-H-E-R, Aether. Very yes. cool. So... Listeners, to close things out, we're going to play a track called Tender. And Jason, before we move to that track, can you give us a little background on this piece? Yeah, this piece was written last year, and it's kind of exploring the the destruction that can be caused by selfishness. But in terms of actual production style, it's it was just an excuse for me to have a lot of fun with my new guitar pedals that I bought at the time. <laughs> but yeah, that's Tender. Okay. Well, it's a beautiful piece. So thank you. Thank uh, you. Nice work on that. And Jason, thanks for the interview. It's been a lot of fun. It's exciting to talk to you at this point in your career. You've had some impressive success and I think you're going to go far. You've, you've got a lot of great ideas and a beautiful sound. So congratulations thus far. Thank you so much. I appreciate that a lot. And thanks for giving me the chance to come on here and, and share my stories. I really appreciate that. I hope it can help inspire or at least just spark joy. You know, that's the goal here. Most definitely it will. Thank you, Jason. And listeners, thanks again for joining I Am The Cure. And if you can, sit back, relax, and enjoy this beautiful piece from Jason Taylor, aka Aether. Again, this track is called Tender. Tender.